0: Nuggets get sunned by Uncle Jeff. The Rockets run wild. Jokic is amazing, but the bench has some problems. We'll talk about all of it on Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Nuggets, your Daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team everyday. Thanks for joining us and making this your first listen. I appreciate you guys being with us on a Sunday night as we break down Nuggets Rockets as the Rockets get the win. over the Denver Nuggets. We're glad to have you guys with us. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you can join the show, join the live folks, hanging out with us on the regular. Appreciate you guys being with us. Just go to youtube.com slash locked on Nuggets, hit the like and subscribe button. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts as well. Make sure to leave us those five-star reviews. Today's show is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest, most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com. Slash Locked On NBA and use code all lowercase Locked On NBA for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. Joined by Adam Mares. He's director of content for DMVR. Adam, the Nuggets lost to the Rockets because
1: <laughs> their bench is rough. Yeah. Their new look bench looks like the old look bench uh, in a lot of ways, and it's funny. A little little change, like one little tiny. You, you remove one brick and the entire tower falls down,
0: yeah. um, and like, look, they're they've been way better than I thought they were gonna be to start this season. the team is in, in general. And then and the bench and, and you know additionally, um so I'm not like gonna victory lap this, but this was like this was what I was more concerned about. and if if this is like a blip in the radar, they're gonna win sixty games easy. Um, but this was kind of like the concern I had, which is like, all right the bench might be able to hold up as long as everybody's healthy, but the minute that a guy is out, what happens then when the other guys have to fill those minutes and you don't have as much cohesiveness and that second unit just is lost. And I mean, it's on an individual and team basis. Um, You know, we can talk kind of like about the rest of the game and, like, the Rockets deserve a lot of credit. They're playing really well right now. Um, They got 23 points from Alperen Shangoon. He shot 9 of 18 from the field, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. We'll talk about him later. Uh, They got 26 from Fred VanVleet, who did a really good job navigating pick and roll because that's what Fred VanVleet does. But the Rockets bench here scored 8, 16, 31 points, including 15 from Jeff Green. And the Nuggets (laughs) bench scored 8. Yeah. And like if you're not get, you know, if you can't score at all, it's harder to get any stops, you know, to get a lot of stops, which is what that bench needs. And then just, I have individual and collective problems. Um, do you want it? You, you kind of, when we were talking about pre-show, you were like the bench is the most, most interesting thing. And I agree. Um, I think that's like a good place to start is, do you feel like the bench is a collection of players that are struggling individually and, um, or is it like the big problem is the absence of Jamal Murray as a creator for that second unit? And so like that, that's what's missing from making this more functional like it was to start the year.
1: Well, I'll start by saying Michael Malone certainly thinks it was the former. He, he after the game said, I don't know what I can do to get, you know, Christian Brown and Peyton Watson and Zeke Naji playing well and making shots and playing with confidence. You can't, some, some, to the extent of like, I can't help them. They've got to help themselves. And I think he's right in a lot of ways. Like you can, we can sit here and try to make tactical adjustments and decisions for guys, but you know, Christian Brown looks like he's lost confidence. You know, this year, based on where he was last year and everything yeah. we heard about him over the summer, right now, you don't feel confident when he takes a jumper. You don't feel too confident when he takes a drive because he doesn't look like he has the confidence. Zeke Naji's not really even taking threes, not finishing around the basket very well right now. And then Peyton Watson, to me, is is the one that. You know, his offense has always been a little bit rough. So I don't, so for him, I don't even know if it's necessarily in a rut. He just needs reps. like So he's in a little bit of a different category. So for me, I'll just start by saying that I do think there are some things that are playing into why these guys are bad. But at the same time, they have to be better than what they were. They still got opportunities. I mean, Colin Gillespie had six points. Zignaggi had two. Nobody else off the bench scored. You can have... You can need adjustments and every, and the bench gets, you know, 17, 18 points. And it's like, yeah, it's not good enough. You got to adjust, but eight points with six of those coming from Colin Gillespie. Most of those, well, alongside Nikola Jokic, not even true bench minutes. Like that's the bench. If you round down had zero points tonight.
0: You know, Malone was in that quote was talking about like getting them going. Right. Um, yeah. I think he was talking about more from an effort and energy standpoint, which is, Uh, I know that he's always going to kind of go in that direction and he's not wrong. in that when that team, when that second unit is really pushing and playing with force and velocity, that's when they're at their best because they're so athletic. So I get it. You know, he mentioned like Colin Gillespie was the guy that like really played his heart out tonight. And that's fair. I just, with Gillespie, I'm always kind of like, I don't know that you want your champion, like your bench for your championship team to be trying to be like Rudy it up out there. Like that to me feels like probably not a great, great situation to be in. Um, there was a lot of anticipation that Christian would take a step forward and like there was a lot of confidence of like oh Christian's gonna replace the Bruce Brown minutes and like no uh he's just not enough of a creator on ball like that's my entire thing and it would be the problem with Christian is like nothing's working where he, he hasn't evolved to where he can create with the ball where he can you know navigate a defense and maybe leverage it to create opportunities for others or get the, the offense going um online drives even when he's got the ball like i comment to this pretty routinely to ryan blackburn and, and Vinny uh, benedetto on press row i just feel like whenever whenever uh christian's got the ball he doesn't know what he's doing like he's just not confident and, like he's not sure like he starts to make a move and then he's like dribbles out and then tries to go again and sometimes like he leaps into the air and it's like clear he doesn't have a plan and then on top of it the three-pointer is not there so like all three levels of the of his game are not there and second-year player, drafted 21st. I don't necessarily expect Christian Brown to be lights out right now. Like, he's still a really good defender. He still makes a lot of, of good plays for the Nuggets. But the anticipation was that he would take on the this role. And that's one of the things I think that's really missing with Jamal out is Christian's not able to pick up any, any of that absence um, given where his game is at right now.
1: Yeah, I I don't know that anybody should have expected Christian Brown to replace Bruce Brown. They're just such different players. They yeah, do different things. So it's more of like, can he replace him in, he provides something else. And again, early on he did. And that bench unit as a whole did, it was a swarming bench. They got stops. They got out and run. And I thought in the first stint tonight, they got stops. The problem is they didn't convert on any of those stops. Just three fast breaks points tonight for the Nuggets as a whole. That came in the fourth quarter in the last like minute of the game. Reggie Jackson hits a three but they didn't get uh, they didn't turn those stops into fast breaks which means you had to play in the half court. Well they're atrocious in the half court and they couldn't score at all and that led to transition points for Houston. So it was this battle between Denver's defense could hold up in the half court but they couldn't score in the half court and which one of those was going to tilt first? It was their offense that tilted because it couldn't score and that led to Houston getting out and then it snowballed from there. So to me, you know when it comes back to me uh, all this comes back for me to The bench unit, why I think that it has upside is that it can be a a defensive juggernaut. It hasn't been that, though, over the last couple of games, I think, because of how impotent it's been on the offensive end. And so then you start to look at, okay, well, what's changed and why is that happening? Why have they lost that defensive identity? And, you know, that's the question.
0: There's a sequence uh, when Malone was running out, actually, MPJ and Aaron with the bench, and like zeke got back in transition and they were in mid transition right because they're not getting buckets and so they're they're running the rockets rightly were pushing pace uh to get them in mixed up and like zeke you know runs back into the paint is checking and looking and he and his guy you know flares to the corner and you can tell that he's like should i go after him no i gotta stop the i gotta protect the rim no i gotta stop and then like he's a step late and it's an open three and like those little breakdowns are are really big, but it's also like that's caused by offense, right? You you let those five guys set their defense, and they're going to be pretty good. But if you're able to get them in mid transition, you're able to now get them where they're not matched up on the right guys, or somebody's a, a step behind or a step out of position. Also, um, Blanco, look, I've I've been on ranting about how every team has injuries this week, so I you know I take it with a grain of salt. But uh, he says blackout would seriously help. And he's not wrong. Like Blacko would just be able to play like a little bit of two-man game, a little bit of quarterback, like a little bit of pinch post passer. Um, that absence, like I think a lot of this is, I don't I don't think the bench is, I, I'll say this, I don't think the bench is as bad as last year. I still don't. Was i don't was like really bad today. <laughs> like they had guys that could do stuff, but they were not, they were so bad at everything else that it dragged the entire team down uh, or the unit down. The this bench unit, I feel like they just need a playmaker with the ball, or they just need a big that can facilitate some offense, or they just need a wing that can create his own shot. Like any one of the three, yeah, and they're probably okay.
1: They've but- well, they only have a solve for one of those things, and that is a wing that can create its own shot. If you stagger a Michael Porter or something like that, you well, might that didn't work tonight. Yeah. what's that well and they that work
0: tonight, So yeah
1: i mean trying they go with the ag and michael porter stagger by the way you know trying that one do you think though any of this has to do with you know colin being the guy into the rotation that's a great question and we'll talk about it
0: next right now i want to tell you about prize picks prize picks is daily fantasy made easy you're up to pick – You know, all you got to do is pick against the numbers. You're not picking against other people. You're not playing folks with models and all this types of stuff. You just select two or more players, pick more or less in their projection stats, and you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league. A league spe- created specifically for combo projections that introduce two or more players From different sports or leagues so you can get it on uh assists and russell wilson passes you can do those uh at prize picks on the specials segment want to play alongside some of prize picks favorite players like rapper meat mill and comedian andrew schultz you can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the prize picks community each week Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A, LockedOnNBA, locked on NBA, for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. Back here on locked on, I guess thanks for joining us, making this part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us. Matt Moran, Uh Oso Blanco says the bench may be rough on the road and much better at home with all the youngins. Um, largely true. It's interesting. There's been some bad bench minutes at home, too, actually. When I looked at some of the numbers, but probably in general, like your bench is always gonna play. Like that's one of the big playoff things, right? Is like your royal players play better at home. Um, you asked me about Colin going into the break, and I am kind of with you in that I i would like to see picket. I think for me, most of this is is kind of jumping ahead though, where and I gotta remember this that. Teams operate when you're in the the Nuggets position, like the coaching staff and evaluating who is going to be useful and not useful or work or not work this season and be in the rotation or not be in the rotation or be in the playoff rotation or not. It's like a season long thing, and they will give them way longer stretches than fans and analysts will because we're very much more in a very binary like did this work? No, it's not going to work. There's no way it works. You can't do it. Go do the other thing versus they're like, well, let's see it across 10 games and see. And then we can kind of evaluate how it looks different versus different matchups and things like that. I am with you in that. Like, I personally think that Jalen Pickett would actually be able to provide probably a little bit more playmaking and coordination, even if the shot creation isn't as good, even if the shooting isn't as good. I would want to at least see it. But I also understand the temptation of like, look, Jalen Pick is not going to be much better anyway. He's a second year player, or he's a second round First, pick. Yeah, we don't, you know, there's a reason that he that Colin has the edge on him. Uh, Colin's got has been in the training staff and with the team for a full year, so he's got better chemistry with Jokic, et cetera, et cetera. All that said, like, I just kind of feel like the Colin Gillespie experience is it's fine. Um, I don't know that it furthers any long-term goals for Denver in season, out of season, long-term, the bench, anything. I don't know what Colin Gillespie's role really accomplishes other than like giving a pretty good player a chance to kind of, you know, earn some money.
1: Yeah. No, um, Here, here's, I think your first point is an important one. Because everybody knows I'm a pick a guy. I don't want, I'm, I'm trying to be so conscious of not falling into everybody has their guy and their take. Right, yeah. And then you view everything through, like, I want to be right about my take and this or that. The thing I'll say is if the roles were reversed and Pickett was in his fourth game, basically playing three, three and a half games he's played, right? Because Murray went down three and a half games ago and he has performed at the level that Colin has and then got replaced after this game. I would be pretty upset. I would be like, come on, man, you can't play a guy for three games and he has ups and downs and then you pull him out. Like I would be bothered by that. So I do think that Michael Malone as the coach in my mind made an original mistake or something that I disagree with and that he went with Colin right away, but that he's gone with him now to me does warrant. Like you got to commit to something for a little bit of time. And if Murray's going to be out for another 10 games, you've got time. You've actually got time to give Pickett seven, eight games or uh, Colin seven, eight games and then, to, and then to make a move. And there's still, you know, Pickett might get seven, eight games himself after that. So I think that there is time that being said, the philosophical reason that I am, or one of the many philosophical reasons that I'm kind of against the Colin pick here really manifested itself tonight. I think it takes away from the one thing that Zeke Naji's is good at, which is having these defensive switch all lineups being switchy yeah. and trying to get out and run. When you no longer have that as a major weapon, you know, you're vulnerable to Fred Van Fleet pick and rolls. You're vulnerable just defensively to now. What are you? And I will say this is a knock on Zeke as much as it is a knock on Colin. Somebody asked me this earlier today. Is Zeke Najee a one scheme defender? Can he only switch? And if so, that's a, that that's a problem for Zeke.
0: You know what the, uh, the, the most optimized hyper version of Zeke Najee is it's, Nick Claxton who really? Nick Yeah, he like can a play su- above the rim though. He's like a superb defender uh when he's switching, but you put him in any other scheme and he really does start to struggle and he winds up getting a lot of blocks in those kind of hustle plays again because like he's like a, an optimized version of that. Um but there is that kind of problem of like when you're when you're unable if you don't have the ability to switch Stuff starts to get downhill, especially when playing against bigger bodies, which is another problem that Zeke has. The other thing I would say is like somebody um, swipe actually mentioned this, that Colin's screen navigation is really poor. And that's part of this issue, right? It's like you don't want to switch with Colin because if you get Colin on a big wing, you're in real trouble. If you get Colin uh, and say you're not going to switch. And so then Colin's chasing, but Colin can't get over anyway. Cause he's small and so he, now can't, and he
1: can't contest like top lock, you know, like yeah. this is the thing is that the long guys can get a hand up and at least like it, it bothers a shooter because you're worried about getting the shot off quick. Like Colin, it was very comfortable tonight for the pick and roll ball handlers to like turn the corner and just go into their shot. They knew they weren't going to be blocked. Um, Tim says Pickett can't switch though. Right. He's small too. He's maybe, maybe stronger. I think he's stronger. Yeah, but he might, but honestly, man, he might be too small too. I don't he know. That, that's, that might be a um, problem. He is is definitely stronger, though. It's definitely, they are both small, but Pickett is definitely bigger. Uh, great, really
0: good comments here. Uh, Colin isn't playing poorly, he just doesn't give the bench what he bench what it needs. I would agree with that. Um, and then she says, uh, Zeke can do things other than switch, but that group isn't as good as as screen navigations or drop as the bench played in his own probably worth a look like i i I never am against going to zone ever you don't want to kind of like have it be like oh your bench always plays zone because then they can scheme for it be prepared for it but it's probably worth like a look
1: um real quick here's another question for you matt yeah is this bench unit a good enough shooting lineup just to exist like we can talk about defensively they can be good but let's talk about okay strother brown watson zeke can like whoever you put at point can you, is that a good enough shooting lineup? So it's funny you mentioned this
0: because one of the things that I thought was really interesting early in the season when the bench was doing well, uh, Peyton Watson hit a three in the opener. He hit two threes versus Memphis. He hit a three versus OKC. He hasn't hit a three pointer since and hasn't taken one in the last three games. Okay. Yeah. It, that sounds like it's just one three. That's a huge deal. Like a three point swing in these minutes is gigantic it was the difference in the game tonight right and so early on i felt like the bench was kind of finding found money a little bit like stuff that isn't necessarily replicable and we're kind of seeing those those problems um it's why i think probably like strother probably needs to be a little bit more on ball and that's a lot to ask for too like do you want a rookie wing having the ball in his hands that much but somebody's gonna have to create on that second unit Like somebody's going to have to do it. And I don't know that with the personnel that they have, you can just be like, well, let's just give MPJ the ball and and let him do it. I don't know. There's a good combo there. He's not able to really run pick and roll. Maybe you can do some ISO stuff if they don't double him, but you're prone to that in that situation. Aaron can do some of it, but again, like Aaron's not Aaron. Aaron is good in very select circumstances with spacing. Like you put Aaron with spacing and I'm all about it. uh, But when you don't have that, I think it hurts it. So like, this is kind of one of the problems is there's not like a, Oh, this'll fix it. Like there's just not because they're missing both perimeter penetration, shot creation, shooting and like dominant inside play. So, or not even dominant good inside play from a big, like there's, there's all they really do is they it's what they've talked about. Get stops, switch everything, get stops, run and dunk.
1: Right. Right. And I see somebody saying here that the, you know, you guys are being too critical on the bench. their average over the last three games, they've been outscored by about 20 points over, over the course of that. And it's been like a quick hook because of how quickly those points are going. So it, you know, we're talking about this last little bit, the bench was really good to start the year. Mm-hmm. And and it was, I think Murray helps with a lot of that, you know, it gives you a proper stagger. Um, but that's gone now. And now we're trying to figure out what does the bench makes sense doing. And, to me, if you say Julian Strother, who, by the way, does not look confident, you know, he was looking really confident there for a while, last couple of games, a little shaky. He's a shooter. You might have to stagger a KCP or a Michael Porter in there just to give another a little bit more spacing. And that means a Peyton Watson or Christian's going to need to play more minutes with, with Jokic, which, by the way, you want to get a guy going. That's the adjustment. And this is the adjustment I think Michael Malone has to do. If, I, if I'm looking at Christian Brown and how he's playing, I would try to get him as many minutes with Jokic in his next upcoming games as possible. Will it carry we, over? Well, first of all, they have the best two-man net rating on the team together. So he's actually been good in the minutes. And now, yeah. look, I'm not – let's not kid ourselves. It's Jokic. It's not yeah, Christian yeah. Brown. But it is nice to have the big body defender or whatever. And then when you're playing with Jokic, you're going to get a cut. You're going to get a dunk. You might get a wide-open three as opposed to a, a hurried three or a rush three. So I just think that there is probably something to Peyton – the Christian in particular, try to get them some more minutes with Jokic if you can and, and see what happens.
0: Yeah, I think I'm, I am skeptical that the play with Jokic carries over into the non-Jokic minutes. I don't know that like that stuff carries over. I don't the confidence,
1: know that... the confidence of it?
0: Yeah, because it's so different. It's so different when it's like, oh, man, this is so easy. I just like cut back door and then I've got this dunk versus like I got to drive through two guys, not lose the ball, go up, rise and finish. Maybe, though, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not 100 percent on it.
1: I think these guys need to see the ball go through the hoop a few times. Like, honestly, Zeke Najee, Christian Brown in particular, need to see the ball go through the hoop.
0: If you're wondering why we're focused so much on the bench is because, well, the Nuggets were pretty good in Nikola Jokic's minutes and we'll talk about (laughs) how good they were. Uh, as we continue, and we'll talk a little bit, we'll finish up talking about the bench as we wrap up our conversation on the Rockets up next. Right now, I want to tell you about Jace Medical. You know, we spend a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts and who sits. I'm thankful for that connection that we have. And today I want to chat to be a little bit more personal. I just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. You realize what that means? You can bring it on extended travel, bring on the next natural disaster or supply chain issue. You're covered, my friend. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis, Viagra, or Revatio prescription. And this is possible because of our friends at Jace Medical. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I'm thankful for the service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half just to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered the antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. If you are someone you love... Would get peace of mind by having a year's supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your purchase. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. back here on locked on Nuggets. thanks for joining us and making us part of your day appreciate you guys being with us um, I'm sad that we didn't have swipe on tonight because I, I would have just I would have just twisted the knife on the Jeff Green brilliant show I'm does he remember. hate Jeff Green yeah he's he was the hard he was the hardest person on Jeff Green last year amongst many and it was like it was a long line to be hard on jeff rightfully so no, jeff, i was gonna say right
1: i mean before. i don't i don't know we can, we can go too far on this one but
0: oh yeah for sure he had so himself a nice
1: little night tonight
0: yeah yeah nice night but See, it
1: was, it had, he had. what he had was a nice yeah. fourth quarter
0: yeah and closed it was crazy oh. um so we did want to talk about like look we talked about the bench because it was the most interesting thing and it was worth a discussion and we'll continue talking about it probably here to wrap up but Uh, it's important in these moments not to lose sight of what Nikola Jokic does on a nightly basis. 36 points, 21 rebounds, 11 assists.
1: 30, 20, 10? Oh, my goodness. Again? 30,
0: 20, 10. On 13 of 20. This is what's always crazy to me is that he does it and he's efficient, right? It's like, oh, he had 30, you know, so a lot. Like I've seen Russ have like crazy, like 36, 18, 12, right? right? right. Then you look and it's like, oh, he shot like seven of, of 21 and like Joker goes 13 of 26. He had 36 points on 26 shots, 2 of 6 from 3, 8 of 8 from the line, very efficient from the line, six offensive rebounds and a plus 12. Um it was a great battle with him and Alpern Chingun as it it kind of is every time. It's funny to me to see like that now Joker is old enough and and the there's this kid that's trying to catch up to him, right? Cuz there's there's been a lot of like the baby Jokic stuff. Um, and Jokic is always really complimentary of him. And Shengun, uh, it's it I've really loved watching him play this year, in particular because he hasn't like bulked up. He's not like got he's not jacked. He's just got such so, such better core strength. Like he's bumping guys off the spot and he's able to take hits more effectively. Um, that one where he slammed into Jokic and hit that fadeaway M one. Was a really impressive shot that he's not able to get the body control on that last year. Um, Joker dominated because that's what Joker does. Uh, but it was a really fun matchup between those two, and it's cool to see the Rockets embracing Shingun as as uh, maybe their best player. Um, I mean, do you have thoughts on Joker's night? Like, what is the? I we always struggle with this. Like, what more is there to say? But it was really incredible the way that like I felt Shingun was playing great, and Joker completely kicked his ass.
1: I mean, he just casually does this now night in, night out. I will say, so 30, 20, 10 games, Wilt has 16, Oscar has seven, Jokic has four. So these don't come around very often. We're talking about Oscar and Wilt, and a majority of those are coming in that 1962 season where all the numbers were really crazy inflated. Um, and yet here's Jok years later, and he's up to having four of those. Um, and I don't I think that's not including the playoffs where he's had a handful. So this is a very rare thing for a guy to put up a 30-20-10 and he did it tonight in albeit in a loss.
0: Um, I want to ask you this question. Uh, Snow Wolf says KCP needs to step up and score some more. Is that reasonable giving what he's giving on on defense? Because he is playing his ass off on every like he he locked down Jalen Green tonight.
1: Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I just don't think that's a, like a talking point from tonight. He did a great job defensively. He he is more of a symptom of a good offensive process and a good offensive flow and rhythm than he is of anything else. If when you're saying like he needs to step up and score more, usually what you think is like you need to run more plays for him. Like he didn't take shots tonight, and it wasn't like he was running from the basket. So no, I I mean I don't. Unless you're saying you need to put him in the pick and roll more and let him cook, then I would say no, I don't agree.
0: Um, oh, this is a good point from Tim on on Joker. He took all the jump shots at the end of the first half, too, and the full court heave. The efficiency is actually better than the stats show. That's wild. Um, so Joker was in this game a plus 12 and they lost by three, making it a minus 15 when he was on the bench. Like that's why we talked about the bench is because you're talking about a 28 point swing and the bench I mean,
1: always means when yoke's not on the court it doesn't these staggered lineups it doesn't matter it's when yoke's not on the court yeah and it's a shame that none of the other
0: guys are have been able to find a way to make that second unit work right and i don't know how to judge them on that if that's fair or
1: not <laughs> yeah like yeah. um i, th- I think that if there's hope if we kind of circle back now you know start to bury this loss and circle back and go forward This is a new bench unit and it's an inexperienced one. Of course, there's going to be some like bumpy um, games along the way as they try to figure it out. We've just sung this song so much and look, the Nuggets are spending an enormous amount on their starting lineup. So some of this is you have to just understand that that's the nature of the beast, but you've got a new lineup that hasn't really played together. It might still be shuffling. They might still be reaching to figure out what it is. And there's a lot of youth there. So you should expect a bumpy ride. That being said, you know, This team's going to win a lot of games as long as the bench is not as terrible as they were tonight. (laughs) I mean, again, Colin Gillespie had six points. I'm guessing at least some of those came while he was playing with Jokic, not technically bench minutes. And the only other bench player to score tonight was Zeke Nagy, two points. I don't even remember his two points, to be honest with you. I don't remember them. So that shows you how terrible it was. You asked earlier, though, Justin Holliday's there. He's a veteran player who came in. Do you think Michael Malone to steady the ship? Tuesday's game, Matt, is an in-season tournament game. Do you think to steady things, Michael Malone goes to the veteran presence here pretty quick?
0: I think that the – I think the rope's running out on a few. Who? Probably Strother first, which is surprising because he had a really good game. But this is the whole thing, right, is the number one thing that you have to teach rookies is consistency. It's the hardest thing to teach them is like – you can't like, you got to work past it where it's like, it, you're really good on one night and you're a zero on the other. Like if you mm-hmm. want to stick in the league, you got to be, you have to have at least a baseline of performance. The shot won't always be there, but a baseline of impact and, and performance night by night by night. I like, I personally would, would want, I want to see holiday in place of, of Peyton Watson. That's just me. Um, I know how popular Peyton Watson is. I know how uh, highly regarded he is by the front office. I understand all those things, um, I think Holiday in that role in particular, you you have Strother and you have um, Holiday who can both handle a little bit and shoot a little bit. And that combination to me is like that could unlock a, a little bit there where I don't know that you need the insane defensive capability, athleticism, all hustle twice with Christian and Peyton. Right. And so if Christian's going to get the minutes and he is, then I, I kind of go like, let's see Christian and Strother and Holiday maybe and see what that looks like. But, you know, I also don't want to act like that's a solve. Maybe Holiday plays badly and it's still just as bad. It's tough to find how like it's like, what will we'll fix this. Well, Jamal Murray coming back will probably help a little bit.
1: Let me ask this because Michael Porter, I agree. His defense was rough tonight. That's a tough assignment for him. You know, getting Fred Van Fleet kind of hunting him. Yeah. After the game, um, Ime Adoka was asked by Jeff Green, or or Ime Adoka said that Jeff Green, you know, he asked him for intel. Where are the weak points? And apparently Jeff Green told him Michael Porter, you should one you should attack, not you should attack Michael Porter in pick and roll, not Nikola Jokic, which I thought was an interesting detail. Um, they did attack him in this game, but offensively, if we put that aside for a second, because Porter has had some good defensive moments so far this year. Offensively, he has twenty-five points tonight. He didn't find his shot. Do you feel that Michael Porter is, you know, are you expecting him to be putting up twenty-five point per game nights regularly here in Murray's absence? Yes. Yeah, that's that's
0: my expectation. Is, um, he should be getting those kind of opportunities and and continue to be like the focal point. And you know, he's three of ten. Part of this also on threes. If he if they get him where he's hot for a stretch, it's going to be like crazy where it's like Porter's hit six threes in in four of the last five games. And that's just going to create such a huge margin. Right. Cause yeah. there are, if you ask like, what, how do you, they, do they get around this bench problem? Well, one easy way is if the starters win by 20 instead of 12. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so I, I just, I continue to kind of think that Porter needs to be, like a huge part of of that sequence um i thought that, that a lot of it too with porter tonight was again like mid-transition stuff and things where he was having to make rotations and then like double moves right it's not just not just a closeout it's a mid-transition get back make a closeout then recover back that was where i felt yeah. like he got beat a couple times um but yeah i mean I think I, I think honestly if anything um i think that ag's played really well like ag had 16 8 and 5 two blocks and two turnovers plus eight tonight on six of 10 oh. shooting. You know, I don't know. I don't want Aaron like going into Kawhi Leonard mode and taking pull up jays a lot. I'm just saying, you know, if there's a way to get AG more involved offensively, probably not a bad idea just because he's so good at this point. Um, but also 16, eight fives are really good numbers. Yeah. They were good enough in the starter minutes. They just got to not be, as always, you just got to not be a disaster in the bench and they were tonight.
1: I I got one last one for you. Yeah. Tuesday's game. It's so funny, man. Tuesday's game is an in-season tournament game against the Clippers who are reeling. Yes. How into you are you with the in-season tournament right now? How what? How, how much are you into it?
0: Oh, me? Like, I'm the wrong person to ask. This was made for me. Like this whole <laughs> tournament was made for me. <laughs> uh, I like most of the courts I have tracked. Well, like okay. Where the tiebreakers okay. are at. Like, well, I, that tracking, doesn't
1: surprise me. <laughs> like, yeah, where are I'm, we at I'm, with tiebreakers? Like, are I'm, we doing? Good?
0: I'm game planning out who's like good. Like the Thunder are already out of the in season tournament, which makes me really yeah, sad. Yeah, that's too bad. That's, um, too
1: bad. that's a bummer.
0: And I will say this: somebody mentioned that guys are are taking heaves because the point differential winds up being a big separator in the tournament thing. And they asked about it, and the guys were like, "Yeah, no, we we were told like." This is a thing that we should focus on. Like we're actually going to try and get the point differential up. Like that's cool. The uh, here's an, another interesting one for you. Um, so typically in the NBA, if you cover, you win, and if you don't cover, uh, you and if you and if you yeah, if you so like if you're a dog and you cover, you win the game. That hasn't been the case in the tournament. Favorites are winning but not covering which mm-hmm. tells you that these games are closer. I also looked at average margin of victory in the first two nights. The average margin of victory this season in the NBA is about 11 points. In the in-season tournament wow. games, it's six. And so, like, okay. you have a lot more close games, which – and it's a small sample. But it's it's just like
1: – Well, like you, know what wonder, you know what you wonder is, like, you said OKC is eliminated. They've only played two games. I wonder if they take it less serious. You know what I mean? Like, now, say Oklahoma City at 0-3 or whatever, 0-2, goes up against – a team that's two and zero, oh, and it really means a lot. I wonder if it's like, yeah, for us it's a regular season game, for them it's a tournament game. We'll we'll see kind of how that goes, how that one goes. But look, the Nuggets' next two games are in season tournament games. So they're gonna have back to back in season tournament games with the Clippers, who are reeling, and the Clippers just need to like get any win for them. It's not even about the tournament; they it's just need the to league. like figure themselves out. But I do look at this for Denver and go, all right, this one has a half billion dollars on the line, and if Denver wins this one, if they win this one, they are. Not a lock, but they are as close to as anyone to being a lock to make it because they're one seed in the West overall. So the wild card is there, and then they move to two and zero in the in season tournament. So this is kind of a sneaky big game now in this weird way for the Nuggets um, that I don't think anybody fully knows how to. I don't how to feel about it, but I'll say this: like I don't think they care.
0: No, I think but, they do. But the worst news for the Clippers was they lost tonight. Yeah, you have the Nuggets. I looked this up, Adam. They're at like, this is with, this is with Jamal. So it doesn't necessarily count their numbers with Jamal and and Nicola off a loss at home are nuts, but you have the nuggets off a loss at home. And they always love beating this Clippers team. Like they will never. And like, you don't think that they heard Lou Williams when he was talking, talking this summer about how he keeps going on podcasts being like, yeah, if it wasn't for the bubble, we won the championship. And it's just like, those guys know like those guys that were there remember and so they'll take this game seriously they'll get up for this game uh i i think i look it's it's weird because from one sense it's like look this is a huge like the clippers are at the lowest and everyone's gonna be like oh they're gonna get killed and that's usually when teams win right but on the other hand this is a bad spot for the clippers and i kind of expect the nuggets to bounce back in a big way
1: I hope so, man. It should be fun. Tournament game. Would I have been excited for a Tuesday night Clippers game? Like, pretty excited. I'm always excited to watch the Nuggets, but it's a tournament game, man. Let's go. Turn it okay. up to 10. Let's see it.
0: All right. It's going to do it for Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for joining us. I'll be back tomorrow with Swipe Up. We'll get you set to preview the game between the Los Angeles Clippers and the Denver Nuggets, as well as to cover what else is going around the league. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys again next time on Locked on Nuggets.